So then, dear friends in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, continuing welcome to all those who may not worship regularly with us, uh, who might be listening for the first time or watching for the first time. In this journey of Lent, we have been going through the Red Letter Challenge, which is a 40-day devotional where we are looking at the words of Jesus, which are read in many Bibles, and then applying them more seriously to our lives. Not that we haven't taken them serious before, but now in this challenge, we're pushing ourselves to seize them more fully. In the first week of this challenge, we looked at the week of being, reflecting especially on how God has made us his people and how do we be his people. What ways do we walk in to be God's people? Well, we start by firstly reflecting on who God has made us to be, and that is God has made us to be his children. Through the death and resurrection of Christ, we are released from our sins, and to seize that beautiful gospel message, we are then baptized into the waters of holy baptism, where then we are uh, given this new identity as a child of God, and then from there flows out who we are and how we be in this life, reflecting on God's word, being in prayer, being in worship, all these many things. But then we followed in that second week looking at forgiveness, and our identity is grounded in forgiveness. I'm sure one of the challenges of this challenge is which comes first, our being or forgiveness? Because these two things are our foundation. We find our being in the forgiveness of God. But in challenging ourselves, we also be forgiven. You see, when Christ goes to the cross, suffers, dies, and thankfully rises, our sins are not ignored, but they are paid for. Christ takes that unpayable debt and pays it for us. It's not fair. We don't deserve it. But it is absolutely a gift of grace. Because this is who our God is. He loves to give in these ways. He loves to serve us in ways that we cannot do on our own. We, we couldn't forgive ourselves. We couldn't release ourselves from sin. And so God does it for us. But another important part of this challenge, as I have been going through it myself, is to constantly reflect on the question, how are we reflecting God? How are we reflecting who he has made us to be? How are we reflecting that forgiveness that he has given to us? And so we are to release people from their sins to us, which includes letting go of past hurts and grudges to, to change ourselves to be more like God. Then in that third week, we went into the week of serving, where if we're going to reflect God, well, then we are going to serve. Because in our week of being and in forgiveness, we see, first and foremost, how God has served us, what he has done for us, how he has loved us. But now we see how we are to go out and serve how we are to gather up all of those abilities that God has given up, 
given us and then use them to be his holy hands and feet in this world that needs him to be his people to live forgiven and to serve as he has served us but then we really focused on one specific part of service in how we give we looked at our 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 giving and for many of us it's it's a guilty thing because we don't give as we should as we already confessed in our confession but that's why I want us to change the question from an amount how much do I need to give how often do I need to give to bend to then change the question to be how can I reflect God how can I reflect God's generosity because the first thing that we need to look at when we look at giving is what God has done because all of this flows from him and if we are going to reflect him he first must give us something to reflect and so in our giving we reflect how God has been generous to us that he has not withheld his only son from us that he has blessed us with all that we need in this life that even in times of worry and stress and isolation our God is still giving and so we reflect his generosity at all times by being just as generous as him but now we are in that final week which is the week of going which is really taking up all of these other weeks and bringing them together in the culmination of preaching the gospel and seeking the lost but this is an extremely difficult thing to do and it takes a very long time in many cases which is why you can't do it without a good solid foundation which is why this is the last week you have to know who God has made you to be you have to know how you have been forgiven you have to know how you are equipped to serve you are to know how you are to be generous as God has been generous to you before you can go because all of those things provide with, provide you a firm foundation not only in Christ but in who God has transformed you and released you from sin to be and so again as God has come and found us as he has sought us as he has called us we reflect that exact same thing we go we call on people we love we serve we lift people up but let's really reflect on what exactly he has called us to do Matthew 28:19 and 20 Jesus says go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them all I have I teaching them to observe all I have commanded you and behold I am with you always to the end of the age this is intentionally vague Jesus says go but go where wherever you are to make disciples how how do we make disciples in whatever way you can to make a disciple of Christ baptize who do we baptize everyone all nations all people well, what do we teach him everything I've commanded you anything specific nope everything but what are the keys in this 
in, in, in this mission that we have been given by God. And I think our, our lessons from Scripture give us the keys to how we are to go. So we look first at Isaiah chapter 6. Here we see uh, Isaiah called by God to be his prophets. Now, a prophet isn't always one who predicts the future, but a prophet is, first and foremost, the one who speaks for God. God gives them the words to say. Now, notice how Isaiah is terrified in this lesson. He sees the glory of God, and he goes, Well, I'm going to die because I am lost. I am unclean. I live in a land of unclean people. I'm just going to be decimated right now. But yet he is purified by one of the angels. And then the voice of the Lord says, Who will I send? And Isaiah pops right up, Here I am. Send me. The first key that we see there is willingness. And then in Acts chapter 1, we, we hear of, of Jesus' extra little commission to the disciples right before he ascends into heaven. And they're, they're curious. They're, they're rightfully curious. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Like, what's going to happen next? Jesus says, in the most loving and perfect way, don't worry about it. Here's what you need to focus on. You're going to be my witnesses. But before they are witnesses, what is the key? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The first key is to be willing. Here I am, send me. The second key is to be blessed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the third key we see in Matthew chapter 28 is one word. Go. The key there is that we have been commanded by God to go. If we are to be his hands and feet, if we are to follow his words, we have to go. So our three keys here this morning are that we are to be willing, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and knowing that we have been charged by God to go. And these three things are all a reflection of who God has made us to be and of his grace. These three things follow after you have begun, firstly in your being, then in being forgiven, then learning about how God has served you and how you can serve others, learning how generous God has been so that you can be generous to others. Once you have all of those things, then you can go. Once you have all of those things, it starts to transform your heart and make you more willing. And with all of those things, every step of the way is the Holy Spirit. We have to first and foremost see what God has done so that we can go and make other people know it as well. We have to see that we were lost, that we, we were worse than Isaiah where he was worried about being thrown away because he was a man of unclean lips. We're of unclean lips, we're of unclean bodies, minds. Every step we take in sin makes the world around us unclean. But God willingly sought us. God willingly reached out 
to us through his Holy Spirit. God went for us. The salvation event happens as we will soon reflect in the glory of Easter that Christ died, that Christ is risen, and that all of these promises that have been made to all the people of all time to remove that curse of sin are fulfilled in him. Christ was willing to do this for us. But how do we know this? And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit calls us by the gospel. You might hear it just by hearing the literal words from Scripture. You might stumble upon a sermon and, and find out who God truly is. You might be some, some silly kid who just for some reason wanted to go to church. That's how the Spirit called me. But it was all centered in the gospel of, of God. That Christ has suffered, died, and risen to release us to be God's children. And so because of this, we are then blessed by the Holy Spirit. This willingness also flows out of who the Holy Spirit makes us to be. That as God has been willing to seek and save us as lost people, we then seek the lost. We search for them. We find them. But the, the good and honest and right question is, how? How in the world do we do this? And that question of how, businesses have been built upon this. Churches have been built upon this question of answering and of attempting to answer this question. But I, again, will remind you, there is no prescribed way. But you have to be willing. You have to go with and in the power of the Holy Spirit, and you have to go. You have to know that God has directed you to go, that he has equipped you to go, that you are to be his servant by going. But I will add one more key to this as I have studied and learned from experience. That while you do have to be willing, you do have to have the Holy Spirit, you do have to know the command of God to go, but you also have to do this relationally. Because the problem that we see in the American church is that we have fooled ourselves into thinking that if we build something, people will come to us. If we offer worship, people will join us for worship. If we offer attractive programs, people will come to our church. And what's the problem here? We have changed the command from go to they'll come to us. Do you see the problem? We also go out and hire people to do this for us. Remember how we were to be willing to go? Then we, we build a program, we, we, we buy a program, we follow the steps, uh, and then nothing really comes out of it. Where was the Holy Spirit in that process? Is there any wonder why the American church is failing so hard right now? We have changed from being willing. We have left the Holy Spirit and we have just sealed them inside of our Bibles. 
we have forgotten the command of God saying, well, I'm forgiven, so I don't have to follow that. This is the challenge then. We have to change that. Not just we as the church, but we individually have to change that in our own hearts and lives. We have to change our being. We have to change our forgiving. We have to change our, our serving and, and how we give. We have to change all of these things and see what God has done for us, what God continually does for us. We need to take seriously the words of the absolution and know that we are released from our sins. And then we need to follow up after the absolution, not stepping in sin, but stepping in grace to then seek and save the lost. And that final key that I want to remind you of is that relationship focus. Because this is really the best way that I've seen the gospel preached. There are programs that say if you ask these questions, it'll work. People will be converted. If you offer this at your church, people will come to your church and be converted. The reason that those programs have been successful is because individuals have partnered with other individuals to get to know them, to love them individually, to preach the gospel to them relevantly. See, when you are called to seek and save the lost, you are to seek and save individual people, not every single lost person out there. There's a specific person that God is calling you to. That as he has saved you to be, to be your father, as he has saved you to be his child, he did so relationally by personally entering into your life, by making the gospel relevant to you. And we, again, reflect him. So we do what he has done for us. So when we go to make disciples, to lead them to the waters of holy baptism, to lead them in the life that God has given them, we do so by walking with them every single step of the way. This is how God has done it for us. This is how we reflect God. And what's really cool in all of this is that God has already put you right where he wants you. God has already put that lost person right there. Everything is set up. Go. Go and make those disciples. He's equipped you. You are ready. And while in isolation it might be hard, we might feel like, ah, oh, there's no way I can do anything right now. That's a lie. Because those people that are lost are in your family. Those people that are lost can be reached over the telephone, over FaceTime. Don't find excuses. Go find people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.